Hey everyone, welcome to Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Sierra. Hey, what's up? I'm Steve. Hey, Steven's back. Hey! We didn't kill him <laughs> after <missed> all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, tonight we're going to talk Death Dream from 1974, a.k.a. Dead of Night, a.k.a. The Night Andy Came Home. Yeah, there's like fucking ten names for this movie. Um, we're also going to be talking about George A. Romero's Martin, which I'm pretty excited. I'm excited to talk about I love how you can both. never say a George A. Romero movie without saying George A. Romero before it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I can't, I've never, I don't think I've ever said just George Romero. Like, that A is just, I think almost A's. everyone says it. It's important. It's like, George fucking A. Romero. Yeah. That's his name. But it's we, a hard A. We've been gone for a little bit. Let's, let's bullshit a little bit, because uh, yeah. Steven hasn't been on in a while, and we've really been slacking on um, uploading and stuff. I wouldn't say slacking. I would say that our life is preventing us from being as involved as we'd like to be. That's a long. That's a lot to say. I'd rather just say we've been slacking. <laughs> so what are, we, what are we bullshitting? Horror? Uh, what's everybody been up to? Steven, well, you've been fucking really boosting up that Blu-ray collection. Yeah, yeah. Um, This... this year in total um i've just been going hard with like the blu-ray collections and it's kind of like crazy because it's really sucked me in but now i need to take a step back because i've invested like so much (laughs) money which i use a lot of like my overtime pay as like play money but i don't know i gotta yeah yeah definitely um but damn those fucking companies just really know how to hook you so like (laughs) if, if you're getting into like you know horror movie collecting especially like in blu-rays and shit just like be wary because like you you won't be able to keep up with every release and as hard as like you want to you just gotta know when to make it a judgment call because this summer man i've spent so much fucking money on blu-rays dude you want some obscure shit too like i you you posted so much shit that i'm like i've never heard of this at all (laughs) I, i that's and that's what i love is like seeing those obscure films that never got a proper release yeah. And then out of nowhere, they get this, like, awesome treatment. Well, we've talked about to it, too, because, like, when we go to conventions and stuff, the like, my go-to is He's the booth. He's a VHS guy, though, <laughs> over no, here well, lately. Well, my go-to are, like, the, and I've talked to you about it, Stephen, like, the, the booths who... that have the bootleg DVDs of, like, oh, they're awesome. the, the VHS tapes that have been ripped right to it that you can't get anywhere else. Like Exactly. For the most part. I, I know that there's some that you can, but it's kind of, like really expensive arrow video releases or like really weird movies that you have to import from fucking europe and shit so and we ain't paying that shipping yeah (laughs) this is america no no i mean honestly if you can find like a legit you know rip go for it because it you know especially if you're ordering over from the uk like yeah the price of the movie might be slightly cheaper especially like with arrow arrow films but um you know, you gotta pay for that shipping, you gotta, you know, wait for it to get through customs, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, fuck it. I Dude, mean, I've shipped stuff to Canada, and it was fucking expensive. And Canada's, <laughs> yeah. like, our, our pals, they're our neighbors. Yeah. So, I believe it 100%, but... Yeah, I've been shipping a couple of, um... I've been selling some doubles that I have, mostly to, like, local friends who've been dipping into, like, collecting horror, mm-hmm. but there's been a couple where I've had to, like, you know, ship outside of the state, and, you know, sometimes you get, even, like, Maryland, I got hit with, like, a $9 shipping fee, and yeah. I was like, well, fuck it, that's whatever. We're calling you out, United States Postal Service. You're yeah, close on Sundays, guys, rates. come on. <laughs> but, well, um... that, to be fair, I'm cool with that, because, like, 
everyone deserves a lazy Sunday. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I had one today. but It was not a lazy Sunday <laughs> at all. Don't even lie. Compared to our recent days off, today was a lazy day for me. <laughs> yeah. But, no, yeah, I've been... I, I really never got into, like, buying Blu-rays and stuff. I have a lot of DVDs, but that's because growing up, I didn't have cable. So mm, I'd just yeah. go and buy shit or and internet. just watch it over and over and over again. But, yeah, no, lately I've been... So, if anybody's listened to the show before, you might have heard... Me and Sierra had a kid back in December. Oh, you forgot when when now, yeah. Just Christmas Day. Well, you looked at me, like, confused. But, yeah, so my mom came to visit in uh, January, and I begged her. I'm like, Mom, you gotta bring my VCR, because I've been... We, I was trying to find one up here for the longest fucking time, and, and they're all, like, 60 bucks. Yeah. And I'm cheap, so I'm not gonna spend 60 Plus bucks Plus, we have a that. kid, so we have to spend money on that thing. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I understand. She she came to visit to see the baby and everything, and she brought my VCR, so I've been dying, because I had maybe, like, three of my, three horror VHS tapes. All of my stuff is mostly from when I was a kid. So, a signed copy of Texas Chainsaw Massacre by Marilyn Burns, thank you very much. Okay. I'm sorry, that's the only one I care about. So, uh, we went recently, uh, we went the other day to this place in Durham, North Carolina. It's called Little Shop of Horror. We love you, Little Shop of Horror. And... I fucking loved it. I bought, I came around because my birthday was uh, yesterday and I had this, I had some money to spend and I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go and buy some VHS tapes. So I come and Sierra's talking to the owner and I come around the corner with just this huge stack and I, was, I, I kind of felt a little ashamed, but. No, I, uh... <laughs> embrace it, man. Cause it's an awesome feeling. Like, like when I told you, um, I went out to like closing fy in new jersey with dan and nick mm-hmm. dude some of the scores and steelbooks i got from like companies like arrow and shit or like vestron video they normally would be like 40 to 60 bucks everything was half off so i just like indulged so that's sometimes what, you just yeah. need to exactly that's what i indulge. love too i mean i i bought 10 movies and all together for the movie i mean sierra bought some stuff and we got like I don't know, like some pins and everything, but uh, yeah, pins um, and patches for the for the VHS tapes. I spent like thirty five bucks, and I got ten movies, so that's like three dollars and fifty cents each. But that's awesome. I I loved it though because I I stay I stuck pretty close to movies that I know when I bought movies and I I bought a lot of stuff like I got Evil Dead two but that's because I had the first one and I had Army of Darkness and I bought Scream because I have Scream two and it just felt weird to have the second one and not the first one, but yeah. I, I was there and it, I felt so nostalgic because it felt like going to rent movies as a kid and like you just have all these movies and that, there was shit that I had never heard of before and uh, so when I was there I was like all right my mission I'm gonna buy what I, I know but I'm gonna pick one movie that I've never heard of and I ended up getting this movie called Two Evil Eyes and I, I bought it because I was like oh this cover looks pretty cool and checking it out like after I'd picked it out and stuff it said it was directed by Romero and argento and i was like that's fucking cool <laughs> so yeah. i'm definitely going to be going back and I, I just i think i'm just going to start buying movies that i don't know to check out because i was talking to sierra about this last night too watching them on vhs i there's only certain ones that i wanted to get because i feel it, like that some of them you, i mean steven you've been on the show multiple times where we've totally bashed like really shitty 80s movies Mm. But, like, for some reason, watching shit on my VCR, like, I want to watch really shitty 80s movies. And I oh, think it's, it's just aesthetic. Effect, yeah. yeah, and it's 
I mean, we watched Evil Dead, and it was a totally different experience yeah, because I love was... I love Evil Dead, but you watch these movies in that quality in like really high quality, and you can pick it apart a lot easier than watching it on VHS because so much of the effects in Evil Dead with like the lower like fuzzy you quality can't tell and stuff that it looks cartoonish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's cool um, that you're still doing like. VHS is because, like, honestly, the tape trading market is still really big, and there's a lot of tape heads out there. So if you go to the right places, you can find some really cool shit on VHS. Well, he got a really cool VHS that he he actually picked out because it was one of my favorites, so Carnival of Souls on VHS. But um, it was a really it's a really cool copy of it. Um, and uh, when you look at it, it says it's filmed in. It's like super psycho vision or something like that. Super, super psycho something vision. And so when you watch it, you're like, it doesn't explain what this means. Yeah, I had to Google it. At all. <laughs> so we're watching it and we're like, it looks just the normal, you know, it's black and white. It's like, did they color it? Like, you know, we're trying to figure out. And then once you start seeing the zombies, it slowly becomes green. Everything starts getting tinted in green. Yeah, so cool. what, I, what I found from yeah, it, and it it's actually really pretty cool. cool. When we covered it last year on the show... Um, we watched, like, a Blu-ray rip of it. And that movie's good no matter how you watch yeah, it. And, yeah, it and, yeah, it was good, but it was kind of weird, though, because I looked it up, and it said that this copy that this uh, company had let out, because this movie's public domain, so I'm assuming there's a bunch of companies that are releasing it, but this company that let it out, they bought it from a, um, I think it said from an estate in England, and it was, like, an original 35mm rip film reel. of the movie, that they, like, enhanced and stuff. So, watching it on VHS, to me, it looked higher quality than the Blu-ray rip that we saw. Yeah, it was a real, nice. it was like, like, it was very high for, for VHS. It was, it was very clear and crisp. And can I say, like, oh, continue, Sierra. Sierra. No, you're good. I was gonna say, but, uh, when you guys said, like, 35 millimeter, like, You've seen, have you guys seen, like, other films, like, on straight 35 millimeter before? Let me tell you, seeing Black Christmas at uh, the Alamo Draft House in uh, Yonkers, if you're in, the, like, the New York area, especially around the city, like, make your way out to the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers. They do, like, awesome screenings. Uh, shout out to my boy Ray, who's a manager there. And they had Joe Bob Briggs, like, host um, Black Christmas. This was, like, mid-December. And seeing it on its original 35-millimeter print was honestly one of the coolest fucking experiences it there's just a, felt, um, felt so authentic, you know? Yeah, there's a, uh, I think I, I might have told you, I'm not sure, but there's a convention called Scares That Cares in Virginia that's going on in June, no, August, August. and uh, Joe Bob Briggs just got announced for there, and he's doing like a, uh, like a, a film screening and stuff, like the, nice. they haven't said what movie is going to be yet, but we were talking already about maybe going up there. I'm not 100% or not, because right before that is Raleigh Supercon, and Rico mm-hmm. Browning's going to be there. Who and we have to meet the Rico Browning. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's just like once in a lifetime. But we're probably skipping Days of the Dead, so we might be able to swing it. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you can make, if it could work, go for it. If not, I'm sure, like, because he, he, with the resurgence of, like, um his marathon coming back, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's... You know, make yeah, his way I think around he's doing a lot of um, different conventions right now. And like the thing is, is like Rico Browning, he's from Creatures from the Black Lagoon. Like, we really need it. if we want to meet him, we really have to take the opportunity. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. But uh, let's dive into these movies. I'm really oh, yeah. excited. Finger guns. 
You can't you can't see the fingers. You got used to the bigger. YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, by the way, to pl- to um shout you guys out on that, those fucking reaction videos are hilarious. Yeah, if you're not following us on YouTube, subscribe to us. Uh, we only have one video up right now, but we're going to post more, I promise. So, um, the first movie we're going to talk about is Dead of Night or Death Dream. I'm going to refer to it as Death Dream while we're talking about it because... That sounds good. Yeah, that's fine. I, I've seen it referred to as Death Dream more than Dead of Night, even though in the movie, like, the title card says Dead of Night, but... I like the title Dead of Night better. So, there's, just There's, quick. like, three or four different movies called yeah. dead of night from different decades that have nothing to do with each other so i feel like death dream is more of like a we know for sure it's this one yeah exactly <laughs> and before we leave the subject of like the three titles like when i first saw this it was the night andy came home it was on el ray at like two in the morning yeah. and i got halfway i i saw it like the second half and for a long time i was just like why is it called three different things because on my blu-ray case it's called Death Dream. But then when you open the Blu-ray case, there's a booklet, and it says Dead of Night. <laughs> so it's just like, fuck. That's how inconsistent it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I'm reading right now, the version released under the title The Night Andy Came Home contains an additional snippet of dialogue during the final scene in the cemetery. After Andy buries himself and dies, his mother kneeling over the, the grave can be heard saying, Andy's home, my boy came home. Yep, and the later an- Gorgon release... Under the title Death Dream, this dialogue has been intentionally muted so as to not reference the previous title. So apparently they ended up not liking that title and not wanting anything to do with it. Like, yo, keep your... That's uh, funny, my cut cut has that, where she's like, Andy's home, Andy's home. Uh, Yeah, well, it said it was like Gorgon video, so they might have put it back in the Blu-ray release. Gotcha. So this movie was directed by Bob Clark, who put Mm. out Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Which he loved. Um, Black Christmas. Which is okay. good. Baby Geniuses. Which is bad. <laughs> hey, hey, no. hey, You're missing the big that's one. A, the biggest a, movie. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's a 90s gem right there. Um, but he, he also put out Porky's and A Christmas Story. Christmas Story is um, probably his number one movie. Like, his most, his only, like, no, Porky's is pretty well fame. known. So what's pretty crazy about this is, like, so... What this a genre movie, jumper. Yeah, this movie was made back-to-back with um children shouldn't play with dead things they made them at like the same time so in result of that um alan i would say them because alan ormsby wrote both of the movies um there wasn't enough of him in this one yeah he played uh alan and children shouldn't play with dead in this things. one he played the bystander who talked <laughs> yeah to one of the i don't remember who he, talked he was like to. a cop he like talks about no how he the... wasn't a cop but yeah so um too much facial hair for a cop <laughs> So they they made this mo- these movies back to back. So as a result, they had a lot of the same cast and crew working on both the Wasn't movies. Wasn't this the first one that Tom Savini did the makeup for? It was. Yes. Whoa. Uh, which we had a to- it's a Tom Savini week. Yeah. It is actually yeah it totally low is. key Tom Savini week on accident. <laughs> so um, it but it, it's kind of crazy because they they did both of these movies in seventy two. This movie was released in seventy four. And in 74 was when they released Black Christmas, and they also did Deranged. So it's like... Oh, we watched th- that one. These like, this, like, three-year block was huge for them. And it's kind of funny that... 
And they dropped it after stories. this. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, they... I mean, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put it out there. He probably made much more money off of Porky's than a Christmas story. Oh, absolutely. But... I mean... For sure, but I wish Bob Clark still fucked with, like, more horror before he jumped ship. Didn't Wasn't yeah, he working on a uh, remake of uh, fucking... Not fucking... a remake, but a sequel to Black Christmas. Yeah. Because they already remade Before he passed, yeah. Oh, Black yeah. Bomber. Oh, my gosh. That was one of the first movies we watched together when we were you little little babies. Black <laughs> Christmas, the the remake of Black Christmas. So uh, little little things we were. This movie it follows uh, a guy named Andy who is in the Vietnam War, and he gets killed in the war, but still comes home. He's acting kind of off, but his family's kind of playing it off like everything's fine, everything's normal. Until he kills the damn dog. Yeah. <laughs> Mom plays it out to the end, though. I'll give it to her. She stood by him. And he starts changing slowly and... Rotting. Rotting, yeah. Uh, the makeup in this movie... It's, it was Tom Savini's first movie, but he fucking it really killed good. it. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah said straight out, at the very end scene... Um, She's like, this is probably the best zombie makeup I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, when he starts changing, he looks creepy as fuck towards good, the yeah. end. Good, good job, Tom Savini, and assisted by Alan Ormsby. Good job. Yeah, Alan Ormsby also, because he did the makeup in Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. I'm glad yeah. that they used Tom Savini this time. Yeah, it, it was... It's kind of funny, because Alan Ormsby did it in Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, and there was, like, a ton of zombies, and then Tom Savini did it in this, and there was really just one zombie. He did zombie. makeup on just one, yeah. No, but, this movie was really cool. I, I feel like it's one of those um, kind of slow burn type movies, too, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I had said this, too. You could definitely tell that... Because Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things is the same way. It's mm-hmm. so slow moving until the last, like, 20, 30 like... minutes. Yeah. And the last 20, Everything 30 minutes unraveled. is amazing. And that's... It was the same thing with this was... I I was... But... Okay, so with Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, I was really interested for some reason, mm-hmm. even though nothing was happening. Just, like, the characters were fucking off the wall. The plot for, and... for that movie was so peculiar that I think it was, like... What? Why are they there? Yeah. What is the and point then, of this? <laughs> but the plot for this, like, it was interesting, and I, I was really interested to see where it was gonna go, but it just felt like it moved so slowly. And I had said to Sierra, this movie probably could have been like forty-five minutes shorter, and been just as good and effective. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, I, I could see where you're coming from with that. Um, it, it is a slow burn, but. Again, like with children shouldn't play with dead things, those last, like, oh, yeah, 20, delivers. 30 minutes are just fucking awesome. And that's the thing is, like, with certain movies, like, if it is a slow burn, um, for example, The House of the Devil, that's a slow burn, but yeah. the payoffs are, like, worth recently. it. I could watch that movie anytime. It's on Shudder, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> Love Shudder. Um, but, you know, if the payoff is worth it, then I can get, I, I'm like, okay. You know, I hate when a movie drags and it just doesn't, like, leave you satisfied at the end. Yeah. Whereas this, I was like, all right, fucking cool. You know, I like the fact that, uh, you know, at the end, he's just, like, digging himself a grave and shit. Yeah, and I mom... like I feel like at, at the end, he realized he's an abomination. Yeah, yeah you know. And he like, was like, nah, fuck this. this. I'm done killing <laughs> yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, so it, my, my thing with it was... 
I don't know. When we were watching it, it was just something about, like, in my head, I was like, I don't see this paying off as great as Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things did. And I, I think it did. It, it was really fucking well done once it, it, I think it started happening. this one, too, had a deeper meaning to it, yeah. too, because the whole thing's essentially a metaphor. Yeah, so it, it was really interesting, too. I wanted to bring that up. So... I'm really good at bringing up things for you. You're good at segues, thanks. You're welcome. So, uh... Segway, Sierra. That's my name. Kyle. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the the meaning behind this was supposed to be, like, people coming back from Vietnam not being the same as they were when they left. And it was supposed to metaphor, like, PTSD, so, like, people coming back and having, like, violent outbursts. and But it was interesting because... When I was looking into the movie and, like, doing a little bit of, like, research and everything, there was a lot of reviews on it. I always like to read reviews on movies to see, like, what other people thought of it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, curiosity, that's why we do the podcast, to hear what we all thought of it. But um, there were so many re- reviews that were, like, from soldiers from, like, Iraq and Afghanistan and everything that were, like, this movie really hit home for me because it, I was able to relate to it with my family and my experiences everything and it's a really deep metaphor and it's kind of interesting to me because you have this movie that has this deep deep meaning filmed alongside children shouldn't play with dead things that you could tell they just were having fun yeah so it's kind of and it's cool cool. i was gonna say um going along with um the whole you know vietnam thing and the soldier review they do like they do stress that a lot in the movie um, when the mother or even the dad is like, oh, you don't know what Andy's been through. Like, you know, because people are starting to catch on. Like, why is he acting so strange? You know, and it's true. Like, that was one of the worst wars I think America's ever experienced. So anyone coming back from Nam, like, I can only imagine the shit that they had to see, you know, and live to tell about it. So it's cool that they stress um, – on it that you know he's acting this way at first because he came back from nam Mm -hmm. and it's really cool that you looked into the reviews on the whole soldiers talking about it too yeah it's interesting and it's kind of cool because i mean side note a little bit like we've been doing the decades in horror or century of horror whatever you're gonna do but you know looking at each decade and diving into real life events that affected horror and you really do see this isn't the only movie of this time period that comes out of the Vietnam War that really focused in on it. and But th- I think this is a really good example, and it's something where it's a little bit more in your face and obvious that that's the message that they were going for. Damn. No, I, I, I think that when you watch the movie, um, you don't necessarily read that much into it until afterwards. You know, like, we didn't really think of it that way until... Uh, after we like kind of looked into it a little bit more yeah but it's something where like once you know it you look at it and you're like oh wow, obviously i'm stupid yeah no absolutely i think that it is a very like clear message honestly because um i don't know if mm, do i want to get into that or not but um you know ptsd and all that are very real things that that soldiers deal with and I think that this is a very good metaphor for what they're dealing with because once they're in war do they ever really leave what Mm -hmm. they you know what I mean like that stuff kind of stays with them and they have to deal with it in some way or another so showing him as a zombie which you know a lot of the times with PTSD 
you don't see those emotions, you know, it's, they're, they're, um, very, uh, there's a wall there, you know what I mean? And, um, they do, they do think about things that they did when they were in war. And well, I, and it's I something think... like, I mean, 50 years prior to this, they made, um, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which the whole, like, metaphor behind that was German soldiers that were brainwashed to kill, mm-hmm. and they had no control over it, and it, it's something that, to me, I, I think it's crazy that that much time later you can still have the same message portrayed through a movie. Like I yeah. said, movies movies go about what's going on, you exactly. know what I mean? Exactly, like, and I mean, I think a, a big part of this too, not even when he starts acting violent or anything, but I think a really powerful scene is that first scene where he comes home and the family are like making jokes and laughing and he's kind of just like unsure of how to act. Yeah, yeah, he feels really uncomfortable and it... It if it's it's extremely true if you've ever been around somebody who came back from war it, it's very true that you can tell that there's a difference you know and yeah. and I think that it's it's an interesting way to touch on that without touching on that you know yeah but I think another strong point that this uh, film hits too is the genuine creep factor. I just wanted to point out Mm -hmm. those scenes with Andy, just like sitting in the dark, rocking in the chair. Mm -hmm. Like I had watched this um, film before again, watching for the podcast. I watched it three weeks prior uh, or before, I mean, and uh, I was watching the people I was watching with. They'd never seen this film and they were like, dude, the way he just sits in that chair is just fucking creepy. Yeah, it is. And they, they, you know, they've watched horror before, but and I was really starting to pay attention. I was like, yeah, you know what? That's really fucking unsettling. So, like, the guy that played Andy, he played it. He played creepy really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his name is Richard Backus, and he actually got the role because of his, like, creepy stare. They When they were casting for the role, awesome. they said that that's what, pointed, that's what stuck out to them, and they made it a point to get Man, put his stare. Man, you are a real creep. They made it a point to put <laughs> that, like, creepy stare in the movie yeah. at, at various times. A fun fact... Um, originally, Christopher Walken was up for the role of Andy. It, what a different movie we would have had. Yeah, I don't know if it would have had the same effect. <laughs> a young Christopher Walken? Oh, man. I love Christopher Walken. I would love Me too. to see this, this. I would love to see that version of the movie. I just think it would be a different movie. For last, Yeah, definitely. absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, he's been in horror he, before. He's yeah, done horror. He was, uh, what was it? The Prophecy? Yeah. And he was in The Dead Zone yeah. back in like, the uh, early can 80s. We, can't forget uh, Headless Horseman, Sleepy Yeah, Hollow. that's true. Yeah. He was in Headless Horseman. Yeah. Christopher also, Walken. like, the get-up. The get-up of uh, Andy when he's going on the double date. I, I, that shit was just funny. The glasses. <laughs> the and sunglasses. The and they're like, you're wearing sunglasses. And he's like... Yeah. There's no, there's no reaction. <laughs> Nothing to see here. There's, there's something, too, that, to me, it just... It screamed like old monster movie for some reason. The part where she's like struggling with him and she pulls the glasses off and his eyes are just like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. To me, it just, it just. That felt was like, the point where I was like, wow, that makeup is yeah. fucking killer. Yeah, but that, that whole part, like the pulling the glasses off and the reveal of the eyes, it, for some reason, it just was such a throwback to me to like 30s and 40s monster movies. It's I I think that that it was kind of weird how like he went from not rotten at all to extremely rotten in about two minutes mm. like that that process took a long time to start but once it started it it took yeah um the whole movie was a variation of the story the monkey's paw okay 
which was uh 1920s movie, right? Or third. Well, it's it, it's a short story. Yeah, but but yeah, they, they, they made it. a movie, but I I don't know. I'm not too familiar with it. I think we read it back in high or middle school or high school or something. But I think it's something like wishing for something so much that it's unnatural the way you get it. And when you get it, you pay the consequences. So in the beginning of the movie, the mom's saying, like, Andy's going to come home. You have to come home, Andy. You have to come home. Mm-hmm. And he comes home. But he ain't but Andy no more. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think it's a really fun story. Like, I love that storyline, and I feel like you can make a million different movies using that storyline, but still have different films. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to add to that, Sierra, I was wondering if – um. You know, when Stephen King wrote Pet Cemetery, and I'm reading it now, and I haven't gotten that, to that point, but remember when Judd explains, like, the one soldier boy that came back from the war? Mm-hmm. And oh, after, that's, like, yeah, you know, that's interesting. Like, I wonder if there was some influence from this movie with that scene. It's very possible. Like, yeah, because that, I mean, that now I want to watch that movie again. Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Gotta watch it before the new one. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to speed read like Pet Cemetery before it comes out. Mm-hmm. I'm on like page sixty, but the problem is Stephen King like gives every single little detail. detail to yeah, him. that's why I can so, never get through a Stephen King book. I kind of am paraphrasing the pages where I'm like, yeah. okay, this is unnecessary detail, so I'm gonna gloss this over. Yeah. Okay, this looks like a main part in the story, so I'm gonna read this in detail. Stephen King is a great writer. That's very hard to read. I remember being in high school and I was I tried to read it mm-hmm. and I think I got like 50 pages into the book and they hadn't even like it, it was still talking like describing the town of Derry and I'm like all right I'm gonna I be real with I you I legitimately I did get about halfway through the, the book Christine yeah it, it, before I gave up I think that Stephen yeah, King is so a talented detail. storyteller but. Sh- I don't really like the way he goes. You gotta about it. think every person who's made one of his stories into a movie had to have read his whole book. Yeah. yeah. That would take me years. Um I did have a coworker give me Nosferatu. Joe, yeah, his son's book Nosferatu, which they're making a TV show out of. That's cool. Yeah, and I've heard that his son is a better writer than he is, so I'm kind of excited to check it out. But, and you said this is being made into a TV series? Yeah. On AMC. On AMC. It's cool. not, I thought it was just like a modern like story of Nosferatu, but no, it's like a serial killer that takes these kids to this place called Christmas Land and murders them, and it just sounds fucking really dark and wild, so I'm kind of excited to check it out. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, jumping on the horror bandwagon lately and with television, too. I think that uh, does do like a, a... I don't want to get into detail, but do you guys hear like the news of like, you know... The writers of Twilight doing like the Lost Boys TV yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, that's so. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, as if you guys really had a grip on vampires. Yeah, vampire. I think I think that horror TV series are really, like, I mean, look at like Child's Play that's being made into yeah. a TV series. But there are some good ones. Like Channel Zero is fucking solid. Love it, which but is that an actual television? Yeah, it's on Sci-Fi. It okay, was on Sci-Fi. Like, I know, like, I, I know that, like with tv their hands are tied to a certain extent because they can't do as much as they'd be able to as in with a movie but there's a more vast audience yeah so what's the best horror show you've ever watched i really fucking love channel zero i'll i'll second that right as you know like a lot of people don't seem to like favor candle cove I, but yeah, dude. i am what i got it i'm in the middle of uh what is it no oh, one what's house? the second season no, no one house, house. it's is that so the second good season? yeah yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I'm like halfway through it, and I'm like still preferring Candle Cove more. Really? I but Butcher's Block looks fucking. Yeah. Is that the third season? The third I season's think... Butcher's Block, and the fourth season was um something door. Dream Door. Dream Door, right? yeah. I haven't yeah, watched the last season. It got canceled because, like, I'm excited. Even, you know, I'm not vibing that hard with the second season here. Yeah. I still want to go ahead and finish it and then see what else, you know, the other seasons have to offer. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Nick Costa, the guy who, like, developed the show and everything, he's actually the one that's making the Child's Play TV show. Okay. And you and Don Mancini is still writing it, I believe. Yeah, too, yeah right? he's writing it. I think cool. Nick is either just producing it or he's directing it i can't remember who knows it might be good you know getting off i'll topic, tell you what but... it'll most likely be better than that reboot and uh... if you guys you know haven't seen their reaction video to that give that a watch <laughs> shameless plug but yeah <laughs> yeah so we don't have to discuss our feelings on that any any further yeah <laughs> yeah no back to death dream the, the rocking chair scene, going back to the rocking chair scene, I think it's funny because to me, the second I saw that, my first thought was Black Christmas, the rocking chair in the attic. Dude, that's so funny that you mentioned that because I was going to ask you, and this just reminded me, did you catch the music? Yeah, the music, I, I know that the music, a lot of it was reused in uh, yeah. Black Christmas. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But, Which I love that music. That's so unsettling, so yeah. hell yeah. But yeah, Billy rocking in the chair too, yep. Yeah, it's, it's, there were there were a lot of things that you could, and, and that's why I kind of like Bob Clark is, even through his horror movies, you can see the influence of like his comedy movies. Like, you get those glimpses here and there, and I I feel like it's diverse enough to where you can differentiate the movies and the styles and stuff, but it's similar enough to where you can watch a movie and say, oh, this is a Bob Clark movie. Yeah, absolutely. You guys want to rate Death Dream? Yeah. Sure. Who wants to go first? Steven, you haven't been on in a while. Rate this bad right. boy. I am giving this a 7.8. Um, <laughs> it does kind of have a slow build, but those last like 30 minutes are awesome. The makeup effects are awesome. I think uh, the guy that played as Andy, uh, genuinely creepy. And um, yeah, man, I, I really enjoy this one. I mean, it's, it's besides the slow burn part, of course, because there is a good chunk of it where... Not a lot happens, but yeah, man, but they it, made Andy look so fucking awesome. Yeah, they did. I'll, I'll add to that though, like, so like I said, when I watched it, I, there was a lot that I didn't like. I felt like it dragged down and it was a little bit of a slow burn. But knowing the context of like the metaphors that they were going for and stuff, and the way the movie ended, it's all necessary. It builds on the family and like, like it shows. While when you're watching it may seem unimportant, but I think it is important to show, like, the family and how they're dealing with it and the way they're kind of brushing it off, like, everything's fine. I, I think overall, in terms of the plot and what they were going for, it's it's important to the story. It's just not interesting if you're in the mood for a straight horror movie. And I think that's why... I think that's the problem with Bob Clark's movie, specifically uh, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things in this one, is that the beginning is so slow, but the last, like, 30 minutes is so, like, off the fucking wall that it's kind of like, 
If I want to watch a slow burn horror movie, I'll put a slow burn horror movie on. If I want to watch something that's just completely fucking wild, I'll put that on. And this, it's kind of like... The in-between. You're never in a mood to watch both. So it's like, <laughs> I'm either going to want to watch the first half of this movie, or I'm going to want to watch half. the second half of this movie. But typically not both together. <laughs> gotcha. But... Yeah, no, I stick it... I, I gotta stick it all the way through with movies. It's It's hard for me to, like, split it up, you know? Yeah, um... But that's really all I had to say about this movie. I, I, I'm going to give it a 7.2. I, I still enjoyed it. I thought the effects were great. I thought the story was great. Um, not enough Alan Ormsby. The, yeah, not enough Alan Ormsby. So that automatically deducts a point. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that everything was done pretty well. Even the acting. Um, there were some parts that were a little, you know, campy, cheesy, comedic. But I think that's just... Alan Ormsby and Bob Clark's style. I, I think that they were probably specifically written that way. I don't think it's anything to where the actors like lacked at all. Yeah, no, I thought it was solid. It, it was quirky enough, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick with a seven point two. I, I thought it was good. Cool. I would recommend. Yeah, I would definitely. Okay, so I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was great. Um, again, the the I liked the beginning a lot, and I liked the ending a lot. The middle was what was a little difficult to get through. But it's definitely worth it to get through. So I would absolutely recommend um, to watch it. And I really enjoy it. You're a dick. <laughs> um, the makeup is some of the best that I've seen. Which is really crazy because it's Tom Savini's first movie. That he did the special effects makeup for. Let me be. I don't need horror nerds coming at me. Like, you don't know what you're talking about, dumbass. Nah, you can anyway. I don't care. But anyway... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't really have a lot to say that against this movie. Um, I thought it was really sad when the dad killed himself, though, which we ha- we haven't mentioned at all. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was crazy. That was, like, super dark. Like, I wasn't seeing that coming, because, like, it was, like, it was, like, it, he couldn't handle, like, doing what he had to do with his son, so he's, like, instead I'm just gonna kill myself, because I don't want to see how this ends. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was, I think that was really deep and dark and really, like, just, like... Oh, why did that have to go that dark, man? Yeah. But, uh, it's, I... it's crazy, though, that Bob Clark can make a movie this fucking deep and then make Porky's, <laughs> you know? Or, or a Christmas story. Yeah. yeah absolutely. It, it just shows how, like, diverse he is, and, you know, that it takes talent to be that diverse. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I would also, the it's... dad was in, uh, real quick, the dad was in fucking The Godfather, when he pulled yeah, the, I knew the, I knew the, him the from blankets, yep, and the horse's head. Yeah, I was like, "Oh shit, how'd they score him?" He there was a lot of people in this movie that I thought looked familiar, but like the mom, Sierra was like, "I know her from something," and I'm like, "Yeah, she looks familiar," but I didn't, I didn't recognize anything that she had been in. But like, um, Andy's sister was Anya Ormsby. She played Anya in Children's She's Revenge. She's got creepy eyes, like, doesn't she? Isn't yeah. it cr- crazy seeing her act normal compared yeah. to like children shouldn't play with that thing? She's weird in that movie. <laughs> but, what did, so what did you give it, Sierra? 7.5 is what I'm going to give it. I didn't say it yet, but now okay. I did. Alright. So, that gives it an average of a 7.5. I would say, in terms of Erica, that's fair. My name is Martin. I'm 84 years old. People think I'm crazy when I tell them how old I am. I'd like to be normal. I just have a sickness. The only way I can survive is by drinking blood. 
not easy living the way I do. I have to be careful all the time. But I'm pretty good at it. I think as I get older, I get better. I haven't been caught yet. Martin, another kind of terror. understand what's wrong. They think that I'm a monster. They think I'm a vampire. So next we're going to talk about the movie Martin. It was released in 1978 and it was written and directed by George A. Romero. Um, it stars John Amplis, who was in... Uh, Creep show. show. He played the. It's almost like we've talked about this before. <laughs> um, yeah, he uh, he played the father in the Father's Day. Where's skit. my cake? Yeah. Which to clarify, like the zombie father. Yeah, the which zombie is father. Awesome. Yeah. Um, he was also in Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, so it seems like he works pretty close with Romero. Um, the movie follows a young adult, I guess. Yeah, I'd probably take him around 20. Yeah, his name is Martin. No, Siri, he's 84. He's a vampire. <laughs> like, he, he stopped aging at, like, 1920. Yeah, so he um he goes to live with his cousin, and it pretty much just follows his life, but he claims to be a vampire, so he goes out, and what he does is he drugs women, cuts their wrists, drinks their blood, and... But doesn't do doesn't the do the sexy stuff. stuff. Not yet. No, no sexy stuff. <laughs> um, but he kisses them. So, uh, yeah, the movie. I'm just running for anybody listening. We've we've gone through this. We started talking about it and we had to stop. So if we brush through some of this stuff pretty quick, I apologize. But we, um, the movie is was said by George Romero to be a personal favorite of his that he made which is also my personal favorite of his that he made yeah it's it's good it's a good movie it's kind of interesting to see something different from zombies from george romero and it kind of makes me wish that he strayed away from zombies a little bit because like this was great creep show was great and his zombie movies are good but it's like the later years the later years they kind of you could tell that they were stretched out for... But that's the thing, is, like, how many different ways can you do a zombie movie once you've done... You know what I mean? Well, he found some ways. <laughs> they weren't they weren't great ways, but he found them. As far as, like, Day of the Dead goes, like, that was, like... After that point, he should have definitely chilled on, like, the zombie films, because, like, Martin is an underrated gem, and I'm happy it's... It seems like the attention has resurfaced. Um, This company, Diabolic DVD, they put out like, this special, like, Japanese cover edition that I picked up, and it was, like, a limited run, and it came with a bunch of, like, awesome, like, photo stills, I think a poster, and then, like, a bunch of extras, and before that, there was, like, a basic DVD release, but it went for, like, almost 80 bucks, so, you know, there wasn't much attention on it, so it's nice to see this attention resurface, and now I think another company is going to be picking it up for another re-release. Well, this is one of the movies, too, like... For years now, I've heard it like the name thrown around, and and I've known that it's a a George Romero movie, 
I've known about it for as long as I can remember, but for some reason I've just never sat down and actually watched it. And I've actually, um, I've seen people like, sorry, I keep feeling like I'm going to seize. I've seen people like, um, like El Jose shouts out, um, he's posted before on Facebook and stuff that this was like one of his favorite movies. Yeah. So I, I don't know why I've always like passed it up, but I'm glad that we covered it. Yeah. Definitely. It's definitely a really cool movie. And, and Martin's character is, lovable but very weird it, Max it's like, <laughs> yeah you like you know how how when you're in high school everybody has that one friend when you're like oh yeah i really like them but there's something about them that's really weird like you always have that one friend i don't know yeah mine was dan <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i kind of sympathize with martin clearly not on the whole fucking drugging women aspect but like but sucking their blood yeah he's just a very sick individual who like needs like professional help you know well i think it was or is he just a vampire yeah or that i like that it's (laughs) it leaves it open-ended that it it never explains if he's a vampire or if he's just fucking crazy um but I, i think it is an interesting dynamic that they made with him because he essentially is the villain of the movie but you're spend the whole movie like feeling bad for him almost just because he's so weird unsocialized mm-hmm. and like awkward and yeah, you like, can the, tell he, he has definitely issues has, like this like kind of like i just need a friend bye yeah <laughs> like i just need somebody to love and and like that kind of does like when he does start doing the the sexy stuff he <laughs> he says that it's hard for him to find somebody he wants to kill yeah. You know, so it's kind of funny, like, is how, like, when year? he finds, like, companionship, he kind of is like, well, like, I just am finding flaws with every person I see now. It's like, you don't want to do it anymore. Well, Sierra, Sierra made a joke. She's like, oh, maybe, what if, like, he has sex finally, and then he just becomes a sex addict, and then just stops being a vampire, and that's essentially what happened. <laughs> yeah. It's like fucking cougar status with the one chick. So, um, the original cut of this movie was... Two hours and 45 minutes long. George Romero has said that there's no existing copy of this movie, and I kind of hope they find one somewhere because I'm interested to see some of the stuff that they cut out. I know that um, the only thing that I remember reading, because you can read like certain parts that are lost now. Um, I know that one of the scenes, like there was a lot of longer dialogue between Martin and, I don't remember the name, but Tom Sabini's character. They had yeah. a lot more exchange in the uh, original cut. Which Tom Savini's character? Very fucking weird without a mustache. Yeah, yeah, right? Well, we saw him, and Sierra's like, he looks familiar. And I was like, that's Tom Savini. And Sierra's like, but he doesn't have a mustache. And I was like, yeah, you're. I'm pretty sure it's Tom Savini. Like, I had to double check, but I was like 99% yeah, looks... sure it was him. But without the mustache, Those are just... very different from his birthday pictures. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Tom Savini at like 72. What is he? Yeah, 72, right? Yeah, so he's... <laughs> Man's fucking jacked. Yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not start a fight with Tom Savini. <laughs> He'd whoop my ass. But um, it's a, it, I think a, another reason why this movie kind of flew under the radar was it was released, I believe, the same year as Dawn of the Dead, which had a huge. Was it that or was it seventy seven? I'm not. Um, the. What's it say? 
It says 78, but I've read places that it was released in 77, so I don't... Gotcha. I don't really know. IMDb says they both were released in 78, so... Gotcha. But, um... I, I am surprised, though, that... I guess that people wanted zombies. Yeah. Well, because, like, especially, like, after, like, Dawn of the Dead, like, Italy was like, okay, we need zombies. And then, like, the Italian, like, zombie craze started, so... Yeah. I could see why it went under the radar. We're in another zombie craze currently. Thanks, Walking Dead. Yeah. It's been going on for, like, what, a good ten years now where everyone's obsessed with zombies again. I think it's going to die out now that Walking Dead is doing a little worse and... Oh, my God. That's their own fault. They deserve to do worse. (laughs) So, um, this movie, right off the bat... I, I was really pulled in from the first scene because it starts out in, with the scene on the train where Martin, you know, drugs the girl, cuts her wrist, and it it's just right from the start, I don't know what it was, it's just, I felt weird watching the movie. I couldn't help but laugh real quick about that scene, now that we're on that subject of the yeah. opening scene, because when he, you know, attacks her and starts drugging her... At first, she's, like, screaming and fighting, and then she's just like, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. She just starts insulting him, and I couldn't (laughs) help but laugh. I was like, wow, that was a big turnaround. Yeah, it... I I don't know. I just, watching it, I felt like I wasn't supposed to be watching it. Like, I felt wrong watching it, I guess. Watching Martin? The first, the opening scene. Like, when it first starts out. And the whole movie, after that, it just... I just had this vibe through the whole thing where it just felt really dark and like it felt very pervy with but like he wasn't I feel like it set it up as if it was like um like rape scenes mm -hmm. but then there was no rape but you still felt wrong for watching you know what I mean yeah, I like I feel like it was something like that. It was like very like sexual without any sex. Well, no, it wasn't even that. It was just like like even like the normal parts of the movie like. I love and the I think, part where I he think... dresses up like a vampire and fucking yeah. scares the Nosferatu guy. Nosferatu. Siri was like, Siri <laughs> was like, there should be a drinking game where you drink every time he says Nosferatu. Yes. <laughs> I've been saying it, it all week. He says it the best way too. It's just like Nosferatu. <laughs> like he just pronounces it, and like his eyes go like he like he like kind of like squints him a little bit. Like he's like pissed off about it. He was fucking knock off Colonel Sanders. Yep. And Max Mofo. <laughs> and then, like, it reminds me of, like, Spongebob with the hash-slinging slasher. Yeah. yeah. At the end, they're all like, no, it's for odds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like that. That was a good episode, guys. Go yeah. back. <laughs> but, uh... Shit. Yeah, I think... I think the whole thing with that, though, is just the tone of the movie in general, and I think that that's... It's put through in a way with the music. The music was very strange and, like... Mm-hmm dark and kind of creepy and i think that that really helps set the tone and also the um the flashback scenes which were all in, in black, black and, and white. white yeah i think that was really cool and, and it um, was interesting and it was artistic really good choice yeah it was interesting and it was artistic but it also like it made me again it, it was like dark it it really like messed with my emotions i guess i don't know if i don't know a way to say it without sounding dumb but like, like, like it makes you feel with your feminine side. No, it makes you feel like I felt sad throughout the whole movie, and it it, it played I felt into tears. yeah, it played into the whole like <laughs> sympathizing with Martin as a character. Because for example, um, the middle part of the movie 
where he goes after the girl and um the guys in the house that whole scene he seems happens. really upset when he real when he sees the guy and he's like what well, are you doing here who are you yeah but it had the flashback scenes of him with a girl i'm guessing like an ex of his or like mm-hmm. past lover i don't know what exactly but like it just showed the dynamic like he's going up these stairs to essentially like kill this girl but then in the flashbacks like he's in love and he's chasing this girl up the stairs and it's just he does kill her yeah but and then they chase him with like torches yeah so it 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 just in every way does a great job of making you sympathize with this character i agree and i think that his voice too is very like um like sad like sad boy like you want to be like it's okay sad boy like it's <laughs> well, sad <I>, boy <laughs> well the whole movie originally was narrated by he has a that very actor. soothing voice like when he talks it's very they very eventually nice speaking voice yeah they eventually took the narrations out because they thought that the plot was it, the plot moved fine without having him narrate it but i again it's something that i would love to see like a cut of that movie because I love the parts where he's talking to the radio station, and it's basically the same thing. Like, he's, like, narrating like, what's going on. As he gives on. a breakdown of what he did, it's yeah. showing what he was doing. Yeah, and it helps you get into the mindset of the character, and it helps you connect with that character. And I, I, I think that, really, that was my favorite part of the movie, that the scenes that that had happened in. And I, I think it made it more interesting, because when it just shows, like... <sighs> Like, for example, like, when it shows him living everyday life where he's just in the house and they're eating breakfast and they're just hanging out and stuff, I feel like it would have maybe moved a little faster had he been narrating those scenes or, like, giving his thoughts as to, like, oh, my cousin who I'm living with is fucking crazy or, oh, his granddaughter, you know, I want to connect with her, like... Instead, you kind of just get these glimpses here and there, but it's just this moving narration of things that don't feel super important, if that makes sense. Yeah. I also, um, I fucking, dude, that scene with the stick in the throat to the one guy that wasn't supposed to be there, wow, that was awesome. Yeah, it... It wasn't even, like, a jab. It was, like, a very slow push through. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he took his time to just, like, gently slide it into his neck yeah you know because like typically when you see a horror movie kill like that it's like like you know mm-hmm. a jab it was really um different did savini do the um makeup for this movie i know? gotta guess you know with him being involved like yeah i don't know it was can it was we, tom savini that's the tom and savini okay, we all know then that makes me think is like okay in friday the 13th the first one he's like oh i'm gonna try it reverse now with Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that 16, though, was awesome. Which, fun fact with that, that I learned the other day, you know uh, when he sticks the the arrow through Kevin Bacon's throat and it, like, mm-hmm. the blood bubbles up? They had yep. uh, hit, Tom Savini's assistant was under the bed with, like, the tube, and he was blowing, like, I, I think, like, the thing that they were using to pump the blood out came like disconnected so his assistant started blowing into the tube to keep the blood going up and that's what made that like bubbling like gurgly look to it it was a happy accident yeah i always thought that i thought it was funny to learn that because it for some reason that always stood out to me like 
the the bubbles. I'm like, I don't know if that would actually happen. <laughs> You're something else, Dylan. When you watch a horror movie and you go, I don't know if that actually happened. There's a problem. <sighs> Usually, no. Usually, the answer is no. <laughs> it does not happen. Martin was not a vampire. <laughs> I love the... This isn't just this movie either. This is just like a, a general thing. But I love the blood in these early, like, like the 70s and like early 80s and stuff. Because it it's legit just looks like red paint. Yeah, like really like it doesn't thick velvet, red like, paint. Yeah. There's no like... But it's really bright and like it stands out a lot. Yeah, but it's, it's like like blood... I don't know how to explain it, but like when you look at blood, it's not like... It's like translucent. Yeah, translucent, yeah, yeah, it's not opaque, and it's like funny when <laughs> you see it, and it like legitimately looks like somebody just like dumped a gallon of red paint on you. You're like, what? like you, like it's not translucent at all. Yeah. Um, I think that this movie had a really dream, dreamy kind of feel, especially with the flashbacks. It just felt like you were watching an old movie. There's a version of this movie. Um, I think it was for one of the foreign releases that they did. But they didn't want people to get confused with the flashbacks. So all of the flashback scenes were in the beginning of the movie. And it was told in, like, chronological order. So, like, it shows, like, his origin, basically, through the flashback scenes in the beginning of the movie. And then it's just, like, straight movie. And I I feel like that would have taken away from me. No, I I think that would have changed the whole story. Because I think that that would have been, like, oh, yeah, he's obviously a vampire. Yeah. Whereas this, it's, like... Are these real memories or are these is he his just stories? Nuts? Yeah. Yeah. You know, is this his way of saying, Oh, what I'm doing's not wrong? Or it could even, I, they might not even be flashbacks, it could just be like how he's picturing it in his head. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. he's going like he might not have had an ex that he was following up the stairs. He might just be envisioning that that's what's happening at that moment is uh-huh, he's chasing exactly. the lover up the stairs. Exactly. There's a lot of different things you can look at and uh And that's what I like about this movie is that you can interpret it so many different ways. I think it's interesting, too, because I do believe that his character is written to feel, like, um, guilty. Like, mm-hmm. he never says that he feels guilty, but, like, you can tell he doesn't like doing what he does. He feels uncomfortable with it. Well, I mean, the irony in the fact that he finally stops what he's doing and he connects with this woman who kills herself. And that's why his cousin kills him, is he believes that... He killed the Martin woman. killed that woman. But she killed herself. When it, yeah. And, like, I feel like that's just, like, ultimate irony right there is that he finally did stop, and the one thing that he didn't do is what he got punished for. Mm-hmm. Which, can I say, that was a fucking heavy ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Holy shit. Like, I just, like, sat there the first time I watched it, and I was like, wow. I like to just imagine, too, being Martin, like, in his state of mind, like, he was an, you know, a young adult, like probably legitimately, like, lost his virginity to her and immediately was like, oh, this is, like, the only person in the world to me. Mm. And then she kills herself. Like, that's that's heavy, man. Yeah. I, I See, to me, I, I like the irony, like, the irony, ironic ending and everything, but I feel like it, the ending was the only complaint that I really had. I didn't was, want him to die. I wanted him to keep going. I feel like it was kind of anticlimactic like it was sudden like it's just all of a sudden he wakes up and his cousin's there and he's like oh i told you not to do this and kills him and then the movie's over mm-hmm. yeah i i mean i i definitely see where you're coming from for me though i was like i liked it because it fucking was like a straight right hook to the jaw yeah like it just hit you it's unexpected like, oh, for shit. sure yeah what a twist what a twist <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it was definitely unexpected, and I, I I appreciate it for that and the irony for it. It's just... It's clever. It's, see, it, it is clever, but for me, the standout scenes in a movie should be the climax of the movie. And I feel like the opening scene of the movie was really suspenseful, and the middle scene was really suspenseful with the couple... And he's yeah, like and chasing he's like, him around. Like yeah. I, I was. It was almost like Home Alone skit. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but he's trying to trick them to come into where he needs them to be. <laughs> it's very rare that you have something where, where for me personally, where I'm watching, it, I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Like, what's gonna happen? And it, it gave me vibes too. It's kind of like a similar thing with like Dexter, mm-hmm. where you're like the killer is who you're rooting for, mm-hmm. but. In this, like, you, it's weird because, like, I, the people that he's after are innocent people, mm-hmm. so you feel bad that you're rooting for him, but at the same time, like, he's, like, interrupting the phone calls and stuff, and you're like, yeah, yeah, dude, that's fucking genius, keep going, like. <laughs> yes, keep dialing that phone so they can't call 911, do it. <laughs> so, it, it, it's a you weird thing, You know what thing, the thing but... is, too, is, is, like, he's well aware of what he's doing, like, is, like, he's, he's aware, you know, like, he goes on and explains, like, how, like. He used to not be good at it. Yeah. And it was really hard when he wasn't good at it. It was really hard before he got the needles. Yeah, where's that Martin origin movie? You know? And now he has Just the needles kidding. and it makes it a lot nobody, easier. Nobody, please, nobody make a Martin origin movie. Because <laughs> someone will fucking do it. Watch it just be like a sad boy. Like, he's not a vampire. I find <laughs> out. He's just a sad boy. Hot, hot topic. Modern, a modern day sad boy, yeah. <laughs> he was emo. He definitely liked brand new. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. But I mean, you know, all the black too that he wore. You yeah. Know, when he was out doing his thing. I would yeah. love. I, I feel like too, I, kind of random, but uh, a movie that a more recent movie that's come out that I want to check out that I feel like would probably be similar to this is um. The house that Jack built. Yeah, I want to see that too. Yeah, and I Definitely. feel like it's I feel like it's probably the same way because I mean he's a serial killer, but I. Oh, I saw that on the fire stick. Yeah, apparently it's one of those movies where everybody's like, "Oh, it's so fucked up that like people ran out of the theater and people were throwing up." What and was everything. the Netflix movie where everyone's like, "Nobody can finish this movie," oh, like last Veronica. year? Oh, that yeah, stupid fucking. I didn't even watch it. It's like a Spanish film. It's... Yeah, I didn't I'm gonna even be watch real it. with you. Every fucking Netflix horror film, like, there's not like, they're not good. I'm gonna be real yeah. with you. Anytime a movie is marketed as like. Nobody can finish this movie. It's so terrifying. I avoid it at no, all costs. No, the the best ones that you know to avoid are the ones that have like the, the audience reactions. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> you're like well, that's funny... a paranormal activity movie. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Funny story about the house that Jack built. Um, so when it first made its its uh initial theater run, uh, the director and he also did um Antichrist. Antichrist yeah. Yeah, uh, he had released the uncut version the first week, and they fucking pulled it. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, so they, I, they, I'm hoping to see one, an uncut version. <laughs> I mean, they're going to release the uncut version from my understanding. They just uh, didn't play it in theaters. But I don't even think a lot of theaters played the theatrical version that they had put out. But um, I, I'm curious to watch it. The scene that everybody is like freaked out about that people were like, oh, they walked out for and everything. I read what it was online and it, it's it? definitely fucked up for Damn sure. It. But anyway, back to... um. Back to Martin. Yeah. Max Mofo. 
The entire time I was going, massive legend here! Yeah. <laughs> the entire time it was really stupid. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you want to bring up on? Uh, it's, I feel like you've oh, really touched um, on everything, but it, it, it is a really solid film. Uh, I would highly, 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 highly recommend it. Um, what were you going to say, Stephen? Just, it's cool to see uh, young George Romero as the priest. Yeah. Yeah. I was like pretty hyped on that. I was like, oh, <laughs> he dude, was the I'm douchiest not, priest I'm not used to ever. Seeing him without like the beard and like you know the gray hair that we've come to know, like yeah. it's really cool seeing him in a younger state. Well, it's but... cool too. I I watched interviews of him like around this time because it was him talking about like Dawn of the Dead and shit, and like he just seemed like the coolest motherfucker. Like he'll be on like talk shows just like smoking cigarettes and shit and just bullshitting yeah <laughs> like the cir- cigarettes I, are notorious i feel like he's one of those people that i if i could sit down with like somebody and just bullshit with them george romero would be on the list yeah but yeah i recommend this movie too i mean it is such an underrated gem and it is in that era of like between night and dawn of the dead and like i still have to go back and check out the original crazies mm-hmm. and i love the remake so yeah i love the remake I, too i'm even more excited to see the original i've heard that the remake was better than the original but i know that that's rarely the case so i'm i'm still excited to check the original out yeah i feel like it's crazy when we've like we've been doing this for like what two years now yep yeah and it's like we get to a point where we're like we've seen them all and then you're like, no, I haven't even fucking touched it. I'm at the there's tip so of the many, iceberg right now, you know? There's so many. That's what I love about covered. horror. Yeah, like, it's like, it's like, you'll see, like, all the, like, we've probably seen a good, a vast majority of, like, the, like, names that everybody, anybody would know. Whether you're a horror yeah. fan or just, like, whomever, you know? Yeah. We've seen a good amount of those. And then it's like, now we're, like, at this, like, under level where, like, now we're, like, really diving into, like, the older movies that are kind of forgotten. Mm-hmm. And like we're starting to get into like those ones. Well, that even just, like, like there's still big movies like, that we haven't covered indie too. movies and all that. Yeah, but we've seen. Oh yeah, that we've seen. I'm right. talking about movies that we've seen. I'm not saying movies that we've covered because like we watched a lot of movies that we were supposed to cover and we never did <laughs> and stuff like that. But um, it, it's kind of crazy. Like there's like all these layers that you can just tear through with with us with horror, um, where you get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and eventually you get to snuff films and you just shut them off. <laughs> Steven doesn't. Though. Unless you're Steven, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, fucking around with, um, whatchamacallit, goddamn, why am I drawing a blank on that Japanese fucking... The Charlie Sheen one? Yeah, the one that, uh, they sent Charlie Sheen. Wow, I, I seem like a bad horror fan, because I have the whole box set, I'm just literally drawing... You don't oh, seem like a bad, you don't seem like a bad horror fan, Steven, because... I don't. I wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. The Kenny Pigu series. My bad. Sorry. But I'm not yeah, big no, on uh, what you were saying, Zero, about like us, like going, you know, to these like other films that you know are just forgotten gems. It's really cool mm-hmm. to you know dive into these and talking about like you know movies we were supposed to watch but didn't get to cover. Whenever you guys want to cover Maniac, let me know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we we watched it and then we never. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We had, like, um... This movie won an award in 2015 from the Boston Society of Film Critics Awards for the best rediscovery. That's cool. I, and I think, I think that that is a fair award to give this movie because it's, like, it's definitely, I think it's lost in the, uh, 
it's, it's lost. And mm-hmm. I think that it's one of those ones that when you come across it, it's definitely worth, it's more than worth the watch. It's not just something that you're going to like, oh yeah, that was alright. No, it's, it's a solid movie and it's solid even beyond some of the dead movies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I would, I would put this right up there with the dead movies and definitely above some of them, mainly the later ones. I'm not huge on zombies, so I would, I would take this over a zombie movie. But like, I, th- I think my thing with zombies is that it's just been it's just so overdone. overdone. Yeah. So it's like every time I watch a zombie movie, I'm like, here it goes again. Yeah. You know, yeah. the only one that really stands out for me when it comes to zombies is Night of the Living Dead. I'm really excited to check out. Um... Two Evil Eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I yeah, didn't I've never heard of it. The trailer. I didn't even watch the trailer. I'd never heard of it, and we're like leaving I said, it we as went, a full surprise. Like I said, we went to uh, that video store, and I was like, I'm gonna pick one movie based on the cover because it, it's just for like nostalgic Steven, reasons. I wish that you lived closer it. because you would totally dig this place. Like the lady's a riot. She's badass, and like they have so much fucking. Horror stuff. It's ridiculous. Like they I'm have happy fun you guys little things have too. a place like that. I really am. That's awesome because like places like that, um, they fucking you know they're so rare mm-hmm. to come by these days. Well, I had asked the woman too. I said like how how do you do like doing this? Like it's it's definitely not like a standard storefront. You know what I mean? And she's like, well, I've been here three years and I don't have any problems paying my bills. And I'm <laughs> like, well, I guess that's right that on. answers my questions now, doesn't it? <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a cool little place for sure. Let's rate Martin. Let's rate Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Steven, you went first, right? Yep. Yep. All right. All right. So, I think that I think we've touched enough about how much of an underrated gem this is, and I, I'm happy like it's resurfaced with um the one release that I have, and now it's getting another release. So. Which might have a couple of different extras, so I'm curious if it'll have that, like, foreign cut with, like, all the Mm -hmm. flashback scenes in the beginning. Uh, I don't think I'm going to double dip, though, on that one, but, you know, I'm going to look into it. Uh, But, with that being said, this is a fucking cool-ass take on a vampire film. And I feel like it influenced, like, later vampire films, too, with, um... Uh, for example, like, even Interview with the Vampire. That's what Sierra brought up. I forgot to bring that up. When we were watching it, she actually looked up to see when, uh, the book came out. Mm-hmm. To see, because the whole, like, talk show, like, the radio show and him talking to it, she's like, this is basically yeah. Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. And she looked, I think Interview with the Vampire, the book came out, like, the same year or the year before this movie it came was out. The, yeah, it was really, oh, it damn. was really close, close. It was like 76 or 77, so. Yeah, and, and I, I thought it was funny because it was like... It's it is it's extremely similar and it, it was um Dylan's not really big on that movie. So. No, not really. I fucking I love Interview with the Vampire. Me too. Oh I can gosh. like literally sit there and quote it like from beginning to end. It's really bad. It's like you know how Dan can do that with Forrest Gump. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my Forrest Gump. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, I have a friend that can quote all Forrest Gump, and they're just like, uh. It's a good movie. All right. Like, Forrest Gump's solid. But yeah. Like, oh, of course. I watched it. I watched it at least once a year. All right, continue, Steven. Um. Yeah. No. I'm just. This was such a fucking cool take on a vampire movie, and it's. It's cool to see that era of between night and dawn of the dead for Romero, and that uh, that ending is just so 
fucking unexpected and heavy. I think I'm coming in with an 8.3 on this one. Definitely check it out. You, like, if you have not seen this movie or you've heard of it and, like, still haven't gotten around to it, like, what are you waiting for? You... Get on it. Get on Ooh, it. Is it my turn? Seriously, you've got nothing to lose because, like, I've never seen, like, a vampire film like this. So. No. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely interesting. Uh, I don't remember if I went first or if you did. I don't think it really makes it. You difference. can go. Go ahead. I absolutely love this movie, and, like, if you've ever listened to the podcast, you know I'm a hard ass, so that means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if Sierra likes the movie, then it... If it's from the 70s, Sierra likes it. No, that's not... Don't be like that, because they don't just like things just because they're from the 70s. They just, like, the 70s just happen to be a really good time for horror. They it's are. like, It's, like, um, before horror wasn't scary. Like, it was still really, really based on fear at mm-hmm. that point, and I love that. But um, this movie was so, it's so unique and different, and especially from George A. Romero, totally different than anything else he's ever done. I agree with him. I think this is his best work, hands down, uh, in my opinion. It's it's almost a perfect movie. Um, I sincerely enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I think that it was still fun because, like, there's, like, scenes that are kind of comical, like, when he dresses up like the vampire and kind mm-hmm. of, like, taunts... Um, what is it? He Evil says Colonel it's like Sanders. his cousin or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I think that if if you like vampires or if you just like scary movies, I think that this is a solid choice for you and I would I would highly recommend this to anybody because I think really almost anyone could watch it except like probably not young yeah. young viewers because there's like nudity. But other than that, I mean, I would recommend it to almost anybody. I think it's fantastic. I, I, um, I'm going to come in really high with, like, an 8.7, I think. Oh, I shit. really enjoyed it. Cool. Damn, son. All Hurry right. up, because I hear the child waking. <laughs> um, I, I definitely, I agree. It's, it's a really unique take on a vampire movie, and I love that it never reveals if he is a vampire or not. Um, I would definitely recommend it. Absolutely. Uh, there, like I said, my only real big complaint was some scenes felt a little long and unnecessary, and the end kind of felt sudden. But I think that as far as plot goes, the end makes sense. Everything makes sense in the movie, and I think that everything was written and directed, and even the acting, like, the acting was great. Mm-hmm. Really, everything about the movie was really well done to the point where you connected with the characters or you felt really invested in the story for the suspenseful parts or, or the emotional just like parts. The radio or the talk show part. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, what, whatever. I feel like anybody could really find something with this movie that they could appreciate. At the very least. Yeah. At the very least. Even if you don't enjoy the movie, I feel like if you're a horror fan and you watch this movie, you could find something in it that you really enjoy. It's smart. It's not a dumb, campy, laughy horror movie. Not that I have any problem with that, but... I do. (laughs) It's a smart movie, and I I love... I I prefer the smarter horror movies over the campy ones, for the most part. Um, I I think... Yeah, I think I'm going to come in with like an 8.5. Can you guys finish up? I'm going to get that child. Yeah. Good night, guys. So that gives it an average of an 8.5. Woo! Nice. 
All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Um, you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast or at Twitter on horror under, at Horror underscore Haven. Um, you can find us on YouTube at Horror Haven. We're going to start posting some stuff on there hopefully soon. We have one video up now. Um, find us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a review, rating, subscribe all that fun also stuff. on spotify yeah we are on spotify too really any i think anywhere that you can find podcasts we're there but um yeah so tune in next episode i can't tell you what we're doing but i'm sure it'll be fun hell yeah <laughs> Have a good and, night. Uh, oh god yeah. uh it's been fun being back on with you guys and i look forward to more episodes hells yeah Finger guns. Finger guns. (laughs) Have a good night.